YouTube via our church webpage. We're glad that you're with us. I'd like to pray as we begin. Father, thank you for this day. Father, we pray for your blessing as we enter into your word. And Father, we are grateful for technology that helps to hold us together in difficult times. Bless us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a few years ago, Sue and I took a trip to Washington, D.C., and one of the places that we visited was the National Archives, where we were able to view the original Declaration of Independence. Now, I guess it's probably been a while since you read the Declaration of Independence, but I am sure that you likely know its most famous line, which says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this famous document tells us that human, right, human beings have the right to pursue happiness. And that seems to make sense, doesn't it? Most of us don't want to keep others from being happy, and most of us resent it when others try to keep happiness from us. But what sticks out to me is that happiness is something that we pursue. In other words, I'm responsible for my own happiness. And in our American culture, this is how we are trained to think, isn't it? And of course, in our culture, most people believe that happiness comes with success and good health and a family life and money and possessions. We call that the American dream. And that's often equated with financial or personal success. And really, that continues to be a, a dream to most people. Doesn't seem like any amount of hard or honest work sometimes pays off in the end. And even when it does pay off with wealth or success, we know that there's no guarantee that we'll be happy. And so if all of this is true, then we have to ask ourselves this question. What is happiness anyway? If having all that I want, money and success and family and health, if all of those things don't bring lasting happiness, then what does? Is it possible to be truly happy? Why do so many people find happiness elusive? Well, to answer these questions, we're going to take a look at Psalm 128. This is the next psalm in our series of the Psalms of Ascent. And this is a psalm about happiness. It's about the kind of person who knows happiness, and it's about what happiness looks like. And so I'd like to read Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat of the fruit of the labors of your hands, you will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears the Lord be blessed. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Well, our psalm begins with the line, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. 
And the Hebrew word that begins Psalm 128 can be translated either blessed or happy. And so in biblical terms, happiness and blessedness are the same thing. To be happy is to be blessed, and to be blessed is to be happy. Now, when we think of the word happy in our culture, we often think of the word in terms of what I have to do to get happiness. If someone asks you if you're happy, you might feel guilty as though you realize you're not doing enough to get this happiness that some people say that you have a right to pursue. Or maybe you feel like you've tried and no matter how much you try to pursue happiness, it has eluded you. And then, of course, some people never stop trying. Others give up and resign themselves to unhappiness, thinking that there's nothing that they can do to make themselves happy. And you know, really, that last group of people are at least partially right. Really, there is nothing we can do. Most of us would admit that whatever being blessed means, that none of us can bless ourselves. Our Christian vocabulary conditions us to think of a blessing as something that we do for others. Perhaps it's a, a blessing towards God when we worship, or we bless others when we serve them. The word suggests that being blessed is precisely not something that we can do for ourselves. It sounds instead suspiciously like something done for us or to us. Well, if this is true, and I can't find happiness and blessedness on my own, how can I find it? Well, according to Scripture, only God truly blesses. All of the ways we might bless others are derived from God. And by looking at Scripture, we see that to bless is something that God loves to do. God pronounced a blessing on Adam and Eve in the garden. Later, he announces to Abraham that he will bless him. He extends blessing to the 12 tribes of Israel. Much later in the New Testament, Jesus calls those who commit themselves to the path of discipleship blessed. And in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, the Lord gives us a vivid picture of what this blessedness looks like. And yes, indeed, God desires to bless us. He loves to bless us. The problem is that so often we find this hard to believe. Sometimes we have the impression that God is kind of a killjoy, that he's the one looking to take all the fun out of our life. How many people do you know who resist God because they think that following Jesus will remove all the fun from their life? And as a result, people who believe this run away from God for the sake of having what they think will be happiness. So that God won't cramp their enjoyable lifestyle, they go their own way. But is God really looking to suck the joy out of our lives and make us dour and sour? I don't think so. The witness of Scripture, in fact, sings the opposite tune. 
that God wants to bless us. And he wants us, therefore, to be happy. God wants to give us life. And not just any life, but the life that is overflowing with abundant joy. God desires our happiness. Now, it's not a happiness that the world can know. It's only one that God can give. The problem is that happiness, true blessedness, may not look like what we want it to look like. And it's certainly not something that we can acquire for ourselves. Happiness is not the experience of simply having a good day or experiencing what many people call good luck. Happiness is also not found in entertainment or in pleasure. Blessedness and happiness, as this world defines, are not the same things. What the world offers to make us happy acts more like a temporary sedative. It actually prevents us from receiving the only happiness that really lasts. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, calls our attempts to live satisfying lives apart from God vanity and a chasing after the wind. You see, what we think of as happiness turns out to be futile and meaningless in the end. But thankfully, God still desires our happiness. Well, not only does Psalm 128 let us know that God desires our happiness, it also lets us know the sort of person who is happy. Now, the wonderful thing here is that the happiness of God that he offers is available to everyone. Listen again to verse 1. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. All are included in that invitation. God doesn't want to leave anyone out. The problem is that people leave themselves out. Why? You see, there is a direct connection between happiness and fearing the Lord that cannot be cut apart. The Hebrew word that we translate here as happy or blessed describes the sense of happiness and wholeness that comes from living in a good relationship with God. In other words, we cannot be happy and blessed apart from fearing the Lord and walking in his ways. Many people try, but it never works. When we pursue happiness on our own, we are like the prodigal son who wants to get his inheritance and then he ends up squandering it, giving absolutely no thought about the father who provided those riches in the beginning. The problem, of course, is that anyone who does this, who tries to find happiness apart from the Lord, is going against the grain of how God made things. You see, if God is the creator of everything, it only stands to reason that happiness consists in being in relationship with him. Everyone can know this happiness, but while everyone is invited, few actually show up. The second part of Psalm 128 in verse 1 tells us who will be happy. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. But what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, it doesn't mean that God frightens us. 
We're talking about the awe and reverence that we hold towards God. It's the moment of realization that we are living in the presence of a holy God who deserves our worship. It's when we make the decision to entrust our lives to him because we know that he is the ultimate source of our lives. And so it means orienting our lives toward God. God becomes the source of happiness for us when we recognize that all we have comes only from him. And then it says, happy is everyone who walks in his ways. And in one sense, this is simply a a parallel statement to fearing the Lord. To fear the Lord means to walk in his ways. Walking in his ways demonstrates our fear of the Lord. But more specifically, it means that we are also to live lives that are obedient. It means that fearing the Lord takes shape as we put one foot in front of the other in daily acts of faithful obedience. Now, we all know that none of us does this perfectly. But being perfect disciples, in the sense that we often use the word perfect, that's not the point anyway. Walking in the way of the Lord, in holy reverence, that's the point. We don't achieve happiness once we become perfect disciples. The happiness, the blessedness is in the walking. It is in the journey. And so my prayer for you today is that you will find true happiness, true blessedness in your journey of following Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful. Grateful that you have extended to us this invitation to follow and walk with you on this journey. Bless us this day, Father, as we seek to follow your path. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.